Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to it. We certainly hope and pray that you'd be edified, Christ would be glorified. If you have a Bible and would like to follow along, I would encourage you to do so. There's many Bibles uh, on the internet that you can download for free and listen to as well uh, on our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase. If you click on the on the home page there, there is a, a banner that has the daily Bible reading or scripture there. If you click on that, that will take you to a web page uh, where you can follow along and read as well. Before we get too far into the podcast here, I'd like to read Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak they shall be given an account for it on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Today we're going to talk about the words we say. The words we say. And if you would also like to have more information about us, uh, on that webpage, also there's uh, information about us, how to contact us, prayer requests, yeah, you can go back and look at the archives of all the other podcasts that we have done. And if you have not listened to all of them, I'd encourage you to go back and, and download those and listen to it. We ask that you hit that like button and follow us as well so that you can get alerts when we release our weekly podcast. We ask also that you please pray for us that we'll continue to have the funds and the resources to do this as we really enjoy doing it. Uh, there's nobody here making a salary. Uh, all the funds that we do get, we are very thankful for. It just helps us uh, offset the cost of the equipment and the fees to put the podcast out across the internet. So we're going to talk about today the words we say. The words we say. And again, if you have a Bible and would like to follow along, you can open up to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. That's where we'll be. And then we'll move over into the book of Romans. How many of us really realize our words are, are powerful tools? The speeches that you've heard over the years. And they can send a signal that is uh, to a person that is positive, encouraging, or it can be very negative and, and hurtful. Words, again, they, they can be helpful or they can be hurtful. Words can build up the soul or destroy a soul. Words that we, we say may have one meaning to one person hearing that word and make a whole uh, different interpretation to that person. They, they might not be intended to come across that way or sound that way. Or perhaps they have a different background or culture. Uh, sometimes it's a different generation. I know here... Uh, the, the words mean different things growing up than they do today. And my grandmother, she used to tell me the same thing, uh, that words uh, meant something different than they did when she was a little girl. The languages and words always seem to be evolving, whether that's good or bad or different, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's just the fact that it does. But we cannot be careless about the words that we speak. So many times people are careless and and leave behind tons of hurt. When, when confronted by 
hurtful words. Uh, many times we hear the person say, well, you know, I really didn't mean that. Or I spoke off the cuff. Maybe I was just a little angry or I was worried or I was distracted or I just spoke without thinking. Well, you know, the excuse really doesn't matter. The issue at hand really is that careless words, spoken words, um, they, they really are hurtful and they can uh, really hurt relationships too. It is not only with our lips that we communicate, but with our eyes and our body language. And I know that's true more in certain cultures than the, and then others. You know, most people raised here in the United States were taught, uh, hey, look me in the eye when you talk to me. I, that was kind of, I want to make sure you're not lying to me. Well, in some cultures, it's considered rude to look at somebody square in the eye. And so... We need to understand also uh, that what we're communicating with our eyes and our bodies as well. You know, and so I know my father growing up, he, he had a look, right? And he would throw out this look. And when I saw the look, I knew what it meant. I, I, was, I was in trouble and I probably was going to get a spanking if I didn't straighten up. It was kind of a, a warning look. Um, not to be doing whatever it was I was doing at the time. You know, we can smile as we say something mean, and we can frown as we say something nice. Messages also can be sent uh, by the ways that we dress. We even send messages in our silence. Sometimes our simple uh, presence can send a powerful message. If you love someone... You do not always have to verbally say it. The opposite is true too. And sometimes we forget the message we send can be uplifting or destroying. You know, I recall very, very early in my ministry, I barely knew these folks and they were losing their mother. And I went to the hospital to visit with them and and pray with them and I really didn't say a whole lot to them honestly because I really did not know what to say and I felt really bad that I didn't have any comforting words and you know as I searched my mind what can I say well after the passing of their mother I got a, a letter in the mail saying you know what thank you for being there with us it was so encouraging and thank you for your prayer and I learned there that sometimes we don't have to verbally say anything. We can just communicate by our presence. We can just say, you know what, I, I do care about you. You know, we're, we're always communicating every hour that we're awake. And, and we're always receiving messages from communication from others. And, and Paul, the apostle, will give us a warning about the words and the communications that we send out. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. This is really not a suggestion from the apostle. I see it more as a commandment from the Lord God himself. Something that is 
unhealthy uh, or rotten speech really should never come from our lips. This includes cursing or profanity. However, it's not limited to a potty mouth. We, we need to use our words to bless and edify the church, the body of Christ. A, a Christian should never gossip about anything or anyone. I remember years ago there was a survey done in one of the congregations that, that where I was at and they wanted to know why more people, the leaders did, or the church, wanted to know why more people didn't um, answer the altar call or whatever to come forward and ask for prayers. And one of the biggest reasons people didn't do that is they said they didn't want the little old ladies to gossip about them on Sunday night and Monday morning coffee or tea. And that's really sad, okay? It probably was a very true statement since that was uh, apparently wrote more than once on the questionnaire and it was anonymously done and nobody uh, knew where or who that person that wrote that. And my understanding was more than one person wrote it. So, you know, grace to those who hear will be blessed by uplifting uh, wording and encouraging words that really should always be on our lips. I know how I feel when somebody calls or, or, or stops by uh, my office or whatever, and, and, and they offer an encouraging word. You know, you know how people feel when they say kind things to you? All of us are products of many words spoken to us in our lifetime. Whether it was from our parents, a sibling, a school teacher, co-worker, somebody in, in some type of authority. Or, or All those words have been placed into our minds. Whether we really remember exactly all those words. But they're there. They're in our memory bank somehow or another. And it's interesting how certain things will trigger those memories or those words that you haven't thought about in years. Wouldn't it be nice for, for some things to be erased? You know, a spouse who says, I love you, and gives vows at the altar on the wedding day, and they have a children together, and one day they just say, oh, I don't love you no more. Unfortunately, we can't erase certain memory tracks. Everything we have seen or heard or felt somewhere has been stored in our minds. In a recent conversation I was having with uh, with uh, this man I know, he he said our our mind is so full of garbage. We are completely bombarded with messages, and he's right. Through words, men have destroyed nations. An example would be uh, Hitler. Now, everything that he said was a lie and was evil, and sadly. From what I'm reading and understanding, people are not teaching this evil uh, guy was evil. They're almost like he didn't exist. And But he he's really famous for saying, and you can search this out on your favorite uh, search engine if you want. If you, if you tell a lie long enough, people will believe it. Well, I think a lot of politicians already know that. 
And that's why they continually say the same thing over and over again. On the other hand, there, there have been men who have built up nations. Churchill, uh, by his words, probably saved Europe in World War II. His wording was, was not to ever give up in their battle against the axis of evil. Churchill's simple speech took England to a level of encouragement to fight Germany wherever the battle took them. Words are, are clearly very powerful, and I want us to, to look how they work in our lives today. Our sense as, as a whole person is greatly affected by the words that we interpret in our lives. As we think about this, we are all affected by this. There, there are several things that make up how we all feel. First of all, all, all we want is the feeling to belong. We all want the feeling of having value, having some worth. And then there's the feeling of being uh, valuable, okay? And so, young and old alike, we, we all have these three feelings. And God has created all of us to have these three feelings and, and made part of them in our, our lives so that we can feel complete. We need that. We, we want to have that feeling of belonging here uh, in our congregation. We want to have the feeling that we belong wherever it is that we work. Uh, we all want to feel that we have worth, something to the church that we can give, and we have something valuable to contribute. You know, I keep using uh, church uh, as an idea. Obviously, we are a Christian broadcast here, but this would be true in your marriage. This would be true in your workplace or school or whatever. And here's the Apostle Paul here. We're going to be in Romans here. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 16. For all who have been led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. If you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons which we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. You know, God has, has settled the issue that all of us who are washed in his blood, uh, we belong to him. And until we belong to God, we will never feel worthy and complete. God calls us his and we are his children and he is our father and until you you belong to god and you can call him father you will never be a complete person now this idea of a sense of worth in romans chapter 5 verses 6 and 8 again here's the apostle paul for when we were still helpless at the right time christ died for the ungodly. And you and I, we don't always think of ourselves as being ungodly, but boy, the more you study the Word of God and understand how simple we really are, how dirty we really are from those sins, and how ungodly that makes us. Verse 7, For when we hardly 
one would hardly die for a righteous man, through perhaps so for a good man some would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, not because we deserve Christ's love, but rather God sees our worth to the point that he would send his son Jesus to die. We have this sense of, of belonging and worth to God our Father because of his love, and, and he wants us to experience his love. The cost of, of life of, of Jesus should really demonstrate to us and show us as his creations we are worth a great deal to him, to the Father, to the throne room. That there is value that God saw and wanted. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we seek and ask or think, according to the power that works within us. You know, when we were immersed, the Holy Spirit came to dwell within us. Sending the Spirit, we can have the ability to achieve anything we need to do for the kingdom of God. The Spirit of God works within our lives to complete the work of the church. Think about a tripod. Now, it, it has three legs, and we can put a camera on top of it, and that will make that camera steady so that you can take uh, the, your pictures and, and the work for a photographer could be done, and it looks very professional. But if some reason one of those legs fold in, will the tripod stand? <laughs> of course not. It's going to fall over. The truth is, all three legs have a place for the tripod to stand correctly. You see, we, we have uh, been in, and we will be taking, talking, excuse me, about three things here in the podcast. Belonging, worth, and component, or value. Okay, For a, for a person to be wholly emotional, you have to have all three of these things that we're talking about. If one or more of these are removed, we will fall down. We're, we're going to fail. For those who are listening who are married, why did you get married? You had a sense of, of wanting to belong to someone. You, you wanted someone to belong to you. There, there was a sense of love there. And just as God loves us and, and wanted us to be part of his family, we wanted the person we married to be part of your family. We believe the person that we married had some some worth, and they thought that we we, we were worthy too to join into the union of marriage. We thought our mate would would be and was valuable to be our mate and to be the father or the mother of our future children, that they would be valuable enough to be a provider of some sort in whatever role they were playing in the, in the marriage. People who grew up with, with this no sense of, of having worthiness or belonging, they have been injured and, and deprived along the way. Someone 
has said uh, some hurtful words to them as a child. Perhaps a parent told you over and over again growing up, how damn you are, or, or I can't really believe that you're my child. You want a new pair of shoes? I mean, do you really think you're worth it? You know, years of hearing this type of talk can be hurtful and it can be damaging to the person that's receiving it. Eventually, the child grows up into their teen years and they don't think that they have any value. They're not worthy. And they start to feel like they don't belong to the family unit. Then they head out into their young adulthood thinking uh, they're not you know, competent to, to achieve anything worthwhile. People who find themselves entrapped in these feelings, there's hope. And if you don't turn your pain over to God, it, it will walk all over you all the days of your life. The hope is God can heal the hurtful words that you've heard over your lifetime. Okay, so I, I want to shift gears here just a little bit. Through, through belonging, we, we feel acceptance. Through worth, we, we feel love. By being valuable, uh, we feel secure. And this is how we all want to feel. We want to feel in our lives, not only in our homes, or our workplace, but also within the church. We don't just want to read about it. We want to experience them. We, we want to be having this balance in our lives in all aspects of our lives. God, God wants us to, to be true for each other and for every one of us. If we're not experiencing this, then ask yourself, what is it, who was it, and when was it that someone said something to you that made you feel this way? That you're not welcome in a, in a church family. Or that you're not good enough. Or nothing more than an expense to us. These are destructive words and they destroy a person's future and their soul. There are so many things as a person who is a, a, a nobody in the sight of God Almighty. Everybody is somebody to God. Everyone in God's eyes has a place in His family. God's opinion of you and me is, is held very high. Otherwise, He would never have sent Jesus to come to this earth. God wants you to feel and know you're important to Him. I'm going to add something here. You must want to change and improve your situation too. God does require us to, to move forward in our lives. God is willing to heal you and help you in every way. Still, we have to, to get up and, and get away from the pity party and get back into the game of life where God wants us to be. In Joshua chapter 7, you will find Joshua there. He, he's the general of God's army. And he's on his face and he's feeling unworthy. He's not very feeling very competent. And he's worried about what the enemy, the enemy, excuse me, might say when God has turned away from the army. And, and verse 10 here, God's going to tell Joshua 
to stop feeling sorry for himself, not to worry about what others say, and get back to your business that you're supposed to be doing. Many of the prophets had moments in their lives of feeling uh, worthless <laughs> and a lack of, of this competency. So do the apostles, and so do we. When people say things that are hurtful, God told them all the same thing. You are worthy to me, and you belong to me. They all had uh, to choose what to do. You know, and once faced with a challenge from God to get up, forgive, and ask Christ to take charge. And that's what we're supposed to do. You and I can both recall a person somewhere along the way in our lives who, who was very encouraging to us with their words. I, I remember a, a man when, in high school. Uh, Lonnie Pinkston was his name. His wife was deaf. And with the dog, they were able to communicate peacefully for one another. And I remember asking him, uh, sign language must be really hard. And he, said, he told me, no, it was really easy. But if I wanted to learn it and use it for good, then I could learn it. I mean, he taught me some basics and a few other signs, most of which I had forgotten. But when I went into a preaching school, into the deaf program, I... I did not forget the encouraging words of you can learn this language and use it for good. Twenty years later, I find myself, you know, preaching and teaching to the deaf the gospel message. And you see, listeners, edifying words, positive communication can have a long effort and a long-lasting effect in our lives. And this is why the Apostle Paul writes to, again to the Ephesian church, and he says in chapter 4, verse 29, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word is, is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Words do have an everlasting effect on people and their souls. We will be called into an account, as we read in our scripture reading at the beginning, for idle words. And today, I, if you've damaged people's lives or their souls by things that you've said, I certainly ask that you would please ask God to forgive you, to renew your heart with Him. If it's possible, go talk to that person whom you hurt, if they will listen to you or not. That could be another issue. But if you feel like you have no value, you don't belong, uh, I want to repeat this. You don't have to feel that way. That you can give your feelings over to God and ask Him to heal your broken heart. God's words, you know, they do have meaning. Uh, we have the words that God say, says, I love you, by dying on a cross. Because he did not have to have to come here. His, his body language of dying and moaning and bleeding on a cross shows how much he loved mankind, his creation, you and me. It's a very much a sacrificial love. And I would hope that more and more of us would learn that sacrificial love.
I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy being a Christian. It's not easy life, period. But we can, we can make it through life much easier, much better, if we encourage one another with peaceful, loving, kind words. And I'm not saying lie to people, but you can, you can be truthful and encourage people and help them. No matter where it's at in your life, whether it's in your home, at work, or school, or in your church, or your little study group. And I know we have several study groups that listen to us and make us part of their Bible study in their, in their midweek uh, class and stuff. And that's we're, we're honored. We're humbled by that. And we take very serious what we say here uh, to be accurate and truthful to the Word of God. Well, I certainly hope that you've been enjoyed this podcast. I hope it has meant something to you. I hope it has been encouraging to you and edifying by the words that we have said. Please make sure you hit that like button and follow us so that you can get alerts for future podcasts. And like I said earlier, if you've not listened to all of our podcasts and you would like to do so, you can go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com and you can listen to all of our past uh, podcasts for the last couple years now. We continue to grow in, in our audience in, in countries that we've not had before in the last couple of weeks. And we praise God and we thank God for that. And we certainly hope that you will continue to listen as we pray each and every day for all of our listeners. But we also pray for the persecuted church around the world. And that's just not in certain parts of the world. It is all over the world. And it will not get any better, I don't think. That's just an opinion only. Again, may God bless you. And may He have the glory. Amen.